You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. Every day of basketball's playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part, it's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests and an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during the day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rate DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN. For a limited time, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Shoot, Alrighty, welcome everyone to episode 36 of the Rig Rats podcast, or as I would like to call it this week, the playoff podcast, more importantly, the Edmonton Oilers playoff podcast. We are yet to have seen game one, but however, I am joined very excited with my good friend, Kyle. Welcome back, Kyle. Folks, playoff hockey is among us. We are in God tier season. This is my favorite. When people ask me what my favorite season is, I tell them playoff season because, you know, like winter and summer don't matter as long as there's playoffs. Do you remember they used to do those like, I don't know, I, I, I might have been up in Canada. I just remember because they're always on the Safeway ads, but um, uh, they, they do like the, the fifth season ads. Uh, they, yeah. All those, it, like I always remember those old fifth season ads. They always get me so happy. I'm like, yes, here it is. Let's go. Oh, man. So. Playoff hockey is here. Um, thanks to probably some of the most important hockey we'll talk about here. We're talking about Flames Canucks games. The hardest games you'll ever see. Middle of the afternoon, back-to-backs. So good. Shout out to those games for making us wait to see the actual playoff games of Jets and Oilers. Have you been watching you know, or seen any of those highlights? No. I uh, As soon as one team starts playing playoff hockey, I disregard all other teams that aren't involved in playoff hockey. I will say that there was one, one pretty good fight in the first one, but other than that, I couldn't tell you anything about them. Uh, So those games have made us wait a little bit, um, given us a little bit of a different perspective. We've been able to watch a few of the other playoff series go by Uh, before we talk about those. I do want to talk about Oilers jets. So talk to Chris in the last episode we haven't really had a chance to talk since then so after we talked to him i guess what are your thoughts now on the oilers jets series did he give you any hesitation change your mind on anything i mean 
there was certainly a few things that he mentioned that are, are definitely valid concerns. I mean, overall, he did say, you know, just, just like Chris said as well, the Oilers are, are in a, a good spot on this one. But just like everything, and, and I've mentioned it before during the season, no game should be taken lightly, especially during playoff hockey. You know, it doesn't matter if you're up, you know, five to one. Playoff hockey is an absolute wonder, just crazy. So you got five minutes left in the third and you're up five to one. That doesn't matter. Next thing you know, you're losing six, five and, and there you go. You're knocked out of the playoffs. So I think the Oilers biggest thing is to keep their game the way it is and maybe, you know, get a little extra depth scoring in there, but really just keep the foot on the gas and don't take, don't take the jets lightly, even though, even though you won, you know, beat the series heavily during the regular season just don't take them lightly you know i will say the one thing i agreed with Chris <clears throat> so far and i have seen it on twitter a little bit is we shouldn't be counting the jets already out of this this series oilers fans shouldn't be planning for montreal toronto in round two right we got to focus on right. this series here and now and i think again the seven two season series in the regular season is great. I think I saw a really good take was that like maybe your biggest takeaway from that is we can score on Connor Hellebuck, right? Like you maybe feel a little bit more confident in that sense. But other than that, I don't think you can really take anything else away from it, especially if uh, the Jets are getting Nikolai Ehlers back. Chris talked pretty high about Pierre-Luc Dubois and the bottom six of the Jets and I will agree like I think as we saw in the bubble last season McDavid Drysaddle were putting up three points in those games and we were still losing those games Um, so I I think it's been a lot better this season Uh, we did a a, I think we've done a pretty solid job in solidifying those positions in the offseason and the way it's all rounded out pretty nicely. Some interesting lineup notes, though, on that note of that bottom six. We are going to see Zach Cassian come in for game one. Uh, it sounded like he was ready a lot ahead of schedule, and he's going to be in. We're also going to see Slater Cuckoo come in. He played just the one game. Um, I thought he actually had a pretty solid game, all things considering, in the last game of the season versus Vancouver. So what do you think about the addition of Cassian, um, who we know <laughs> is a playoff performer, and then Cuckoo, yep. who hasn't played much, um, but he also brings a level of physicality, and we saw him play really well for Chicago last in the bubble as well. Yeah, I think that definitely, um, you know, those two guys are a perfect addition uh, to bring on in the playoffs here. I mean, I think especially during the regular season, we saw that, you know, the Jets-Oilers series was not extremely physical. Like, it wasn't crazy. You know, it wasn't like, like, it wasn't quite as bad as, you know, Oilers-Flames, where there was, you know, three, four fights throughout the throughout the series. It was more hockey with a little bit of, you know, physicality when it's needed, kind of along the boards and stuff. But I think when you add a couple of those guys who are a real physical force, um, I think that's that's an element in playoff hockey that really means a lot. Because if you get out muscle in corners during the playoffs, I mean that's that's where you lose games is is in the nitty gritty. Personally, I like the way uh, Slater Cuckoo plays defense as well. Not even the not only his physicality, but I think he has you know great vision when he's when he picks the puck up and makes the pass. You know, by no means is he a offensive genius but i think he can break the puck out well uh and i think he he shields the puck nice nicely so i think those two guys are definitely a a great addition back to the lineup and we also saw like last uh the last playoffs the were in 
Cassian was running over guys like Logan Couture, he was smashing the big guys. So it also means that Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, Nikolai Ehlers, who is also just coming back from injury, Kyle Connor, those guys got to have their head on a swivel because he is a freight train. Yep. And as we've said, unfortunately for the Jets, they don't have, you know, like I'd say the biggest deterrent in the big buff anymore. You got to think they're their biggest fighters are going to be like Logan Stanley on the back Maybe. end. Blake Wheeler's like, he's a pretty tough guy. Dubois, he's yeah. kind of feisty. Copper, Lowry are bigger bottom six guys. Maybe Perot. Yeah. But, Appleton's a pretty big guy. But I, mean, I don't really think they have the same sort of punch as, you know, excuse the pun, um, as Cassian's going to bring to that. And so the, their, their forward's got to keep their head on a swivel, and he also scores big playoff goals. It's just like we were talking about. I mean, when, when Cassian gets going, he gets those crazy eyes, and there's like no stopping him. I don't think any of those guys have that crazy eyes level to him. I don't think they have that gear that they can just knock down into. Um, and I think he kind of turns that on almost all the playoffs. So he just keep, keeps rolling, and that's definitely a, a good thing to have on your side. That being said, I do worry that I think he builds a lot of his energy off of the crowd. And I so I worry that if he is he going to be able to reach that level in an empty building? Like we've seen fans in some of the, you know, the States games here, like the Florida games and all that, and those are jumping. Yep. But in these Canadian, right. in these Canadian series, which is, it's a damn shame. We're not going to see anything oh, yeah. till end of the first, second you know potentially not even till later in the series at that and so unfortunately i i do worry if cassian is going to be able to reach that level i think that that maybe uh maybe he can get some of that same energy from the bench if the bench really starts giving it to him you know what i mean obviously it's not the same as 10 15 000 people it's you know that's there's completely different but maybe you know if he's getting some help from his teammates so, you know some boost a little uh all right, good job, you know, good scrap, you know, stuff like that. Maybe it'll mean a little more because he knows that they care. I don't know. Obviously, it's hard to give a performer like Cassian or, you know, some of the other uh, scrappy guys in the league. It's hard to give them that same experience without the fans. But I think I think it's possible to get it from from your team, from the bench there. So we're talking about playoff performers here, and we're still talking about the bottom six. It seems like, and I think back to even back in like 2006, we had those bottom six forwards that made and break the team. I Like even in 2017, like Cassian with his big goals and stuff like that, there's always some form of, you know, playoff performer that explodes out of nowhere. So thinking about the team, thinking about who is good in the playoffs, who do you think on the Oilers is going to be like the breakout playoff performer? I think as much of a disappointing season as he had, James Neal shows up in the playoffs. I think he's going to, I think he's played a lot of playoff games. And I mean, he's certainly performed. I think he's got like 58 playoff points in like a hundred and something games. Um, yeah. So, I mean, over while those are games playoff experience for yeah. sure. So while those aren't, you know, insane numbers or anything, it's still playoff hockey. That's, that's a lot of points and a lot of games to be played in the playoffs. <clears throat> so I think he knows what it takes. Uh, and I'm hoping, I, you know, we can see him, you know, flourish here in the playoffs. Hey, the more goals he scores, the more time we get to see those fabulous teeth. Like, oof. Pearly. Oh, the pearly whites, <laughs> for sure. You know, that's not a bad choice. I was thinking of that myself. And I was thinking uh, someone who 
you know, has a little bit more speed. And I think someone uh, that, that's going to get on it, Josh Archibald. I think he might, Ooh. he might, he might explode here, especially because he plays PK. Um, you know, we could see him just like score some, maybe some big short, shorties. Yeah. A couple shorties. He was our empty net guy for the most of the year. So I don't know. I just feel like he has the potential to be that, that guy that, that pops off here. Regardless, either, either one, you know, the more the merrier. I hope I hope all of the bottom six just absolutely goes berserk. Puts up Connor McDavid numbers. So then there was another thing that Chris was talking about, which was he was uncertain about Mike Smith in the playoffs. And he's been fantastic this whole season. Chris seems to think, and we've seen it before, and I've heard Chris talk about it before, um, that you, if you hit him or run into him a couple times, you can get Smith rattled. And so there's, there's some question marks floating around Smith. So he talked to the media. And I've got the quote, I've got the clip here. So, uno momento. You told us, I don't know if it was last week, but, you know, you sort of admitted that that layoff last year, maybe, you know, that it affected you and didn't handle it maybe the way you, you, you would have liked. Or do you, like, can you compare the way you feel right now about your game, the control that you have, just where you're at right now compared to, you know, this time last year or, or when you were heading into the plan? I mean, everyone keeps bringing up the bubble, but I played one game. <laughs> so I, I don't think it, uh, I mean, you look uh, you look over the course of my career and what I've done in the playoffs, and then everyone wants to talk about the one game I played in the bubble last year was, you know, a unique where I left my family behind, not sure how long I was going to be away from them, and that was the first time for that happening. And then, you know, obviously the whole bubble situation and and this and that. So I think it's uh, to be honest, I, you know, I'm I'm not concerned on how this is going to go. I, I'm not. Uh, comparing it at all to, to last year's situation. Um, last year was a layoff and then we got back and it was just a unique situation. And yeah, like I said, probably one that I didn't handle very well, but um, you learn from those, you know, situations over the course of your career and you want to get better because of it and feel like our team and myself is in a lot better place than we were, you know, going into the bubble. So, you know, it's a new year and, and uh, new playoff season and excited about the opportunity. Alrighty. So hearing that and just seeing the way he's played down the stretch here, what are our thoughts on, on Smith game one? Well, I think you definitely got to appreciate the the amount of confidence he's given there. You know, I think it's one of those things that, you know, they were mentioned in the bubble, but like you said, he played one game. That's a small sample size. You know, did he handle the game very well? Probably not. But I mean, looking at the way he's been playing as of late, I think that, coupled with the, the confidence that he seems to have in himself this year um, and how comfortable he feels with the position that the Oilers are going into this playoffs. You know, I think it's definitely a good spot. I think it's nothing to really be all that worried about. I think there is a little bit of a concern. I, I think Chris you know, may have a point. Like you, He can get rattled here and there if you, you know, mess with him a little much. And, you know, if he takes a couple of bad bounces and stuff like that, like it, there's definitely some stuff that'll go on inside of his head and, you know, get in up there, which would not be good. But I think overall, that's a solid goaltender. I think it's one of the hottest goalies in the league right now. So barring any craziness, I think I think he stands tall and, and plays pretty well in the playoffs here. All right. So before I go and ask you for your actual hands down prediction on the series because obviously we got game one tonight which will be tomorrow when this episode comes out the game will be over so 
predictions before the game has started. Before I ask you that, I've obviously been watching the post-game or like the pre-game interviews here. And just one small, just just nugget, and you'll you'll like the uh, the pun here that I got from this is they were talking to Drysaddle and Nugent Hopkins at the same time. And I don't know if it was just a mis- mispronunciation or if it is truly his nickname, but they switched over to Drysaddle and Drysaddle said, well, uh, just as Nuggy said, and if if his name is Nuggy, that is the best thing I have ever heard. I don't I want my next Oilers jersey to be number 93, Nuggy. 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 <laughs> it, it, it was just it was so good. Um, so I really, really want that to actually be Nugent Hopkins or the, his nickname for him is Nuggy. It's unreal. The, the, the amount of nicknames that are like spewing around now, like, like there's, you know, some guys that have like, you know, tried and true nicknames, like, you know, Ovi's got, you know, the grade eight, Sid's the kid. I think they're giving, they gave Cole Caulfield some weird name too. what they, what they give him? Uh, it's a Lord of the Rings name, uh, Bilbo. I think they've been calling him Bilbo. <laughs> so, I mean, these are just hilarious. Nuggy is like, a, and it works off his name, but that's a, that's amazing. That's like high quality stuff right there. Okay, speaking of weird nicknames, Drysidal has told the the world what everyone calls Tyler Ennis on the Oilers. Do you, have you heard this? No. Okay, hang on, I've got it. Leon Drysidal on NHL puck personalities talking about Tyler Ennis. Ennis worm. Um... I can't really explain why, but I just think it's funny. One of my favorite. I like the worm. Worm? Yeah, they call Tyler Ennis worm. Worm? For what? I, like- I, that's He didn't give an explanation. He, they just said it. They called Tyler Ennis worm. Mr. Ennis, why do they call you worm? <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> okay. To get this train back on the rails here. Game one tonight, we've got potentially i don't think worm is going to be in the lineup unfortunately but nuggy definitely will as well as mike smith we're going to be taking on the jets obviously we heard chris's prediction he's he's never going against the jets he picked the jets to win i have a feeling we're probably going to go a different direction what do you think kyle i'm going to say tonight first game out probably a little bit of jitters both sides you know playoff hockey i think i'm probably going to go oilers dub naturally because the boys don't predict losses and i'm probably gonna say it'll be a 5-3 win 5-3 i like it all right and what do you think about the series as a whole as much as the boys don't predict losses i think oilers take it in six oil and six i am going more bold i'm saying oil and five okay I think we, we've got their number. And I mean, I don't know. Ehlers might be a little bit of a, a question mark here, but I think we've just got their number right now. Yeah. And Connor's, Connor and Leon are going nuclear. So there's yeah, no stopping. Uh, all right. So we've talked about the Oilers for a bit. Obviously, as we've already said, there's been a couple of playoff games already have been played. But so we're going to talk about those, how we're going to take a quick break. And then when we get back, we're going to talk about Hello, my name is Richard Blosser, host of the Grit and Barrett podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network, covering the Hershey Bears, the 11-time Calder Cup champions of the American Hockey League, and the 2018 Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals. Each Tuesday, I recap Bears games, give you Bears news, notes, and nuggets, and all of the hockey news that matters to me, whether it's the American Hockey League, the NHL, or banter 
about hockey jerseys. This hack brings you high energy. They score! Connor McMichael has ended the game! Unfiltered. Look, Kirko's really going to have to work hard to bring back the fan base from this pandemic because you can't just rely on vaccinations. You have a fan base that is old, stubborn, and very reluctant to change. Not to mention you got to work on bringing back families and then whatever fan base you can try and get back from other parts of the state. You just can't rely on people coming out from 81 and 78. You got to work on a hand fan base that's very, very hesitant to change and at times unfocused. Look, Ovechkin is basically the guy who comes into the bar, kicks open the door, and says, Who ordered a white Russian, huh? Well, we all know Sidney Crosby is the guy who enters in from the side door, red carpet, VIP, Armani suits, and alligator shoes. That's just the type of guys they are. So join me every Tuesday here on the Hockey Podcast Network for the Grit and Barrett Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Grit and Barrett P1. That's Grit, G R I T, and B E A R IT P1 on Twitter. Available wherever you get all your podcasts, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. We are back. So we've got a bunch of other NHL games um, other than the North Division. Shout out to Calgary and Vancouver for that. However, the other games have been incredible. As we mentioned, some fans have even been allowed back into the building. We'll start with the local game for us. Tampa Bay, Florida Panthers. For the first time in NHL history, Tampa Bay currently leads the series two to nothing. But man, oh man, they have been tight games. They have been incredible. Everything oh, yeah. I hope for. Dude, if, if every playoff game was like these two games, oh, wow. I mean, the, the first game was just insane. I mean, the, the tempo of the game was crazy. It was just back and forth, up and down the ice, left and right. Your thoughts there was, on the Sam Bennett hit and now subsequent one-game suspension? I mean, it was definitely a dirty play. And there was a lot of Panthers fans that were uh, pretty pissed off because uh, I think Stamkos got a boarding later in the game, too. And they were like, well, why didn't he get suspended for that boarding? Well, there's a bit of a different circumstances. If you watch the video, Sam Bennett is absolutely flying. And all you see is Coleman's numbers, and he slams him into the boards. The only saving grace for Blake Coleman there is that he's a foot off the boards. So he hits the boards even with the most of his body. If he's an extra foot, two feet away from that boards, that's a neck injury, no doubt in my mind. So, like, there's – I think I heard Sean Avery say the other day – because I pay attention, he does a lot of stuff for the playoffs. He, he like, analyzes all the stuff. But – I think you heard him. He said the other day, you know, there's a there's a, a well placed dirty hit and not good dirty hits. He's like he's like I have no problem with a clean dirty hit is what he called it. You know, what I mean, something that's not really going to kill you, but it definitely puts you in a, a position where you're like, oh shit, I don't want to go there again. So I mean, that that is just that is a, a pure dirty hit. Now, obviously, I don't think he's trying to hurt anybody, but I think it's still just going into somebody's back at that speed is a tough look for anybody. So we see Sam Bennett return for the subsequent game three. Uh, I'm going to take the series predictions here and I'm going to predict because I want the series to go as long as possible. Probably not as helpful for, uh, you know, I know where your, your true allyship lies, but I'm going to say probably Tampa Bay lightning probably come out of this one, but it's going to go the full distance because I want to see seven full nasty games of this one. Uh, what do you think, Kyle? 
as much as it would be nice to see the hometown team uh, take a quick sweep, I, I really don't think it's going to happen. I agree. I, I think it will, honestly will probably go the distance. While the facts don't really support that, because usually when a home team goes, when the uh, home advantage, home ice advantage team goes down 2-0 in the series, I think it's like 80 to 20 or something like that for the other team for in like games total. But it's like, I would love to see seven full games of this even even not as like a, a hometown hometown guy just as a hockey fan seven hockey games like this is what you dream of this is what you live for scraps at every whistle i mean just left and right goals beautiful so, hockey. so we've seen two games so far last question about this series you are joel quinville who is your starting goaltender game three because we've seen Bobrovsky in game one and trigger in game two I play Drieger. Drieger, yeah. Yeah, I think regardless of, you know, I mean, obviously there was five the first game and three the second game, goals, goals scored. I think it's just, it's one of those things that Drieger looked a lot more comfortable. He wasn't scrambling nearly as much. I mean, there's a ton of chances at both goalies, you know what I mean? A ton of scoring chances, but personally, I think Drieger looked way more comfortable. Alrighty, moving on, we have the Carolina Hurricanes up one nothing on the series to Nashville. I think this series, Kyle, is going to be the only sweep we see series one. Are we yep. ag- agreeing again? Oh, uh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. You're also predicting the sweep on this one, huh? Yeah, I, I, I'm not even saying this just because you said it. Like These, these, are, these are actual pre-planned thoughts here. <laughs> that, I, I agree. I think that's the only series you're going to see a sweep in. I think Nashville absolutely struggled hard in the end of the season. Essentially, they were playing playoff hockey the last 10 games of their season, trying to hold on for dear life. And I think it just wasn't. I mean, the Canes have been filth this year. They got young guys that are quick. I think they have, have that killer instinct. Vision. Like Rob oh, Brindamore yeah. has them sharpened to a point. Like yep. I don't think game three, all right, there might be <clears throat> like you might see some teams like hesitate a bit and lose that game four and then win it in five. But I think Brindamore and that team is so so much better and so much like so such well coached that game three, like no hesitation. They are like they go for the head like every time. Oh yeah. You know, it helps them because Brindamore's done it before, especially when he did it with the Canes too. Sorry for the Oilers. But I mean, he is just an absolute animal. That guy is a beast. Because he's still so tight, I mean he's not he's one, definitely one of the younger coaches in the league. And I think because he's close to a lot of these guys. I think he's out there doing a lot more than other coaches do, you know, in practice and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sure that he walks in the weight room. He could out, he could outlift any of the guys on the team. And I think he clowns with them a lot. I think he really does. So I think it's kind of like having like an advanced captain. It's, it's more of an advanced captain than a coach, you know? So I think, I think that it's definitely cool for them at least. And he just works those guys for sure. Yeah, that, that'll be an interesting series. If if Nashville puts up any kind of a fight, I'll be surprised. Um, yeah. So moving on then to another really, really exciting <laughs> one. We've seen two games played between Washington and Boston. Both have gone to overtime. The series is tied at one apiece. And probably biggest story is uh, game one, Washington's starting goaltender goes down and from the ashes rises Craig Anderson in that, and he's played pretty good. Um, it's yep. been a really intense series, nasty, nasty series, like uh, Chara going against the Bruins, Tom Wilson, Brad Marchand. Like, 
it's an intense series. It's been a lot of fun. So I'll let you start off, buddy. What do you think about this one? I had Washington in seven here. I think this one goes the distance. With I've had Shippy there being like both teams have absolute scoring threats, especially both teams went to overtime. I mean, that's about as even as it gets. I, I definitely think it goes the distance. I think Washington takes it just because I don't like Boston. <laughs> See, here's the thing, uh, Kyle. And I swear, we didn't script this before. I also had Washington in seven. <laughs> I think, see, here's the thing. We we have hung out and uh, we watched too much hockey growing up together that we have yeah. the same opinions about. We had this, like the same mindset about, yeah. about the teams. So I'll say just for the sake of difference, I'm going to say Washington in six. And they get, they get, Ovechkin gets really hot. And uh, I don't know, Craig Anderson is incredible. I think the only thing that might flip flip that the other way is if we see Craig Anderson start to struggle um, yeah. in, in game three. Because um, if he starts to struggle, then who do you turn to? And then I think Boston might yeah. run away with it. Uh, but I'll say Washington in six. Yeah, I think that's definitely their only problem is if, if uh, Craig Anderson starts to waver, I think they're screwed. Yeah, for sure. So then we have uh, some more Eastern Conference games here. We got the New York Islanders <coughs> taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins. That series is also tied at one apiece. We've seen some goaltending changes uh, between the Islanders. That was sort of interesting. Go back and forth. Crosby's been pretty good. No Malkin uh, is a big yep. thing. I will say these games have been a little bit more boring, and that's probably just because of the way that the Islanders play the game and they like it to be that way. Um, what have you thought about these games so far? I watched the majority of the first game, and I got to say, I- I'm really surprised the Isles came out with the win on that one because the way that it was looking, the Penguins were absolutely buzzing. They were just hungry on pucks, just getting the loose, you know, winning all of the loose puck battles around the net. They were swarming hard. They looked like they wanted it a lot more. Um, I think. You know, the Isles got some pretty good shots on net. But personally, I, I, I think I take uh, pens and six on this one. Pens and six. See, I don't know. This series could go either way. I thought Pittsburgh looked pretty good in the last one. Game one, I thought Jari was let in some shaky goals. And then yep. this game two, Vralamov let in some shaky goals. So it feels bouncy. Um, and then, so then I go, okay, then who has the X factor? And uh, at the moment, Crosby is that. Um, Barzell's, Barzell's been quiet in the first two games. Um, so I'll say Penn's in seven then, but that's really a, a toss of a hat series. And so that's a weird one to predict. Yeah, I think if Malkin's in, it's Penn's in five. You know, I mean, they have that extra boost. I think the Penguins like handily take it, but I think with without Malkin, really your your hot guy there is Crosby, which is still just a, a fantastic guy to have be hot. But I think without Barzal uh, just popping off like he usually does, I think you're right. I think Crosby is that that it factor that there you go, Kablamy right in your face. All right, so moving on to the Western Conference, we've got Colorado up one nothing on their series with St. Louis. Uh, I don't think this one's going to be a sweep. I'll give St. Louis a little bit of a chance. I think they have, they still have enough of a playoff built roster to maybe give the Avalanche a little bit of a stumble, but uh, I think Abs and Pro Abs and six. Yeah, I had Abs and five on this one. It's just like you said. I think you know Ryan O'Reilly and Bennington was feisty. I don't know. He gets mad every play now. It seems like at this point, just fight somebody. Well, the problem is they wouldn't let him. He tried, and the stripe said no. Yeah, I guess uh, that's fair. But I think the first game, um, the ads had like 
50 or 52 shots on him or something like that. And that's nuts. So I think as long as Bennington's hot, they can probably pull a game off, but it's going to end in five. Avs are going to take it. All right. So continuing on to, I'd say what has become a bit more of a feistier series than we all predicted, the Vegas, Minnesota series is tied now one, one. Uh, we saw an incredible goaltender duel in the first one, that one Oh yeah. overtime win for the Minnesota wild cam Talbot playing fantastic. Marc-Andre Fleury playing incredibly. Game two, we saw they started to put a couple past Talbot. Still really good games. Um, What do you think, buddy? I take Vegas in seven on this one. The Wild have really been pushing hard. I think the Wild were were like one of the only teams that really gave Vegas trouble uh, besides Colorado, but that was kind of a back and forth series. But I, I think the Wild gave Vegas some trouble throughout the season. Um, I think they're kind of continuing it here. They've got some some young guys that know how to shoot the puck. Kaprizov is obviously one of them. And as long as Talbot's playing hot, I, I think it'll go the distance. But I think I think Vegas has the edge there. I think Flurry ends up being the better goalie. I think you know you got Mark Stone, Petrangelo is playing out there right now, isn't he? So I mean that's a lot of there's a lot of veteran high caliber guys on that Vegas team. Yeah, that that Vegas team is another team that uh, took advantage of some fun cap shenanigans near the end of the season. Um, yep. And now they have just a st- absolutely stacked roster. So I've got Vegas in six. I think Minnesota has already put up incredibly much more of a fight than I gave them credit for and what I thought they yep. were going to. But I think if they win one more, it'll be good, but it'll be Vegas in six. Flurry is incredible which is funny because at the beginning of the season and at the end of last season they were considering getting rid of him so it's kind of crazy how he is you know back to being you know just world class and to be honest uh like he's playing this well he keeps this up he might still earn himself a spot on team canada on some upcoming rosters he's he's playing that good um especially playing in big games like this uh which is kind of incredible Moving on, though, we've got the last one, and it is the last Canadian matchup. We have not seen any more games. That one is actually going to be on Thursday when this episode comes out. Uh, we see Galchenyuk and Kerry Price do a couple games, or at least one game in the AHL and practice with them. They haven't played in a while. I suspect Price is probably going to start game one. I suspect Gallagher will be in game one uh, as well. So I don't know if Shea Weber will. But what do you think? We've got the Leafs versus the Canadians. I think what I saw was that uh, Weber and and I think I saw that Caulfield is not going to play game one either, which is a little confusing to me as to why Caulfield wouldn't play. I also saw Kotkaniemi is not playing game one either. Yeah, like I don't know. Are you just kind of trying to lure them into a, a false sense of security and you know let them run it up game one and they'd be like, ha, joke's on you. We have good players. I, I think it's a, a bold strategy, Cotton. I think it's too much like the Leafs to lose in round one, and I don't want the Habs to win. Honestly, I don't really want either of these teams to win. Can they both lose? <laughs> Unfortunately but... not. This is It is kind of one of those ones. So I think this is where we differ. I don't mind the Habs as much as, as you do. Yeah, I don't, I'm just not a fan of them, frankly. I think in this one, I'm probably going to end up taking the Leafs. I'll probably take the Leafs in six on this. I think the Habs up. The Habs put up a an okay fight for you know they they pull a game or two, but I think there's too much you know firepower on the on the Leafs team. I think as long as there's goal, as long as their goalies pull it together, they'll take it no problem. So here's the thing. This is a tough one for me because on one hand, it's like, do I go for the meme and say that 
the Toronto Maple Leafs choke in round one versus the Habs and the Habs win. But then I also have to think, you know, as an Oilers fan, if the Oilers move on, who would I rather play in a round two series? I don't know, because Toronto, you're now you're going to be facing a juiced up, really confident Toronto team round two, but a McDavid Matthews matchup, or you're going to be versing a, you know, really cagey playoff grizzled Montreal team in round two. And I just don't know who the Oilers are suited matchup for. That being said, I think Toronto does do it, but I think it's going to go the distance and the people of Toronto are going to eat their absolute hearts out. But I'm going to say Toronto in seven. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to be a good series to watch for sure. So that's two very different styles of hockey clashing. You look at Toronto and it's absolute just speed, balls to the wall, going to score goals. And then you look at Montreal and it's like, I'm going to kill you. Step over the blue line and you're dead. <laughs> Mixed in with some speed and, and some, you know, and some firepower too. But, but I think it's it'll be an interesting series to watch to see which one, uh, who pulls off their own style better, you know? A hundred percent. I think the playoffs have already uh, really, really just, oh man, it's been nice to have some like intense playoffs and to see fans in the building at the beginning of some of them have been, has been really, really fun. Um, and so now, Oilers get to start tonight, Kyle. It's what we've all been waiting for. This is it. This is the. This is it. Um, I know Oilers Nation has done. It's. It's called like Mission Twenty One. Hashtag Mission Twenty One on Twitter for the Oilers. Uh, the Oilers playoff run here. So uh, I'm definitely going to be joining in on that. So I mean, playoffs are going to be exciting. You got anything else you want to say here about the playoffs? It's already given me more than I could have asked for. Um, I'm very excited to watch the rest of this. I mean, the first round has been great. It'll continue to be great. And then I think it'll just be an absolute feisty year for the playoffs going on, even into the second, third, and finals. So I'm excited. Very excited. All right. Last question for you. I need your help here, Kyle. So um, game one for tonight, Oilers versus Jets. I've been periodically wearing Oilers jerseys throughout the season, different Oilers jerseys from my collection. So end of the season, as I've had to sit on the couch and watch the games, my McDavid alternate jersey, you know, their, their third alternate dark blue is three and two on, on the se- season. My regular McDavid captain jersey, their home jersey, they, is six and two on the season. My Nuge jersey is one and one. My Ryan Smith jersey is 0-1, and then my black unnamed third jersey is 9-1-1. What should I start the playoffs with? Statistically, you got to go with the goods. You got to go with the black one. Personal favorite, though, is the the Smith jersey. So you think I go Smith game one? Yeah, yeah, I do. I I break the mold here, man. Break the mold. Okay. Okay. So here's, here was, I was thinking I was on the same, I was like, okay, obviously dark has the best record, but I no name on the back one. I just don't like the juju there. Yeah. Yeah. So here's what I think. I think I go game one, basic Connor McDavid. And then in like game sevens or like do or die Ryan Smith. All right. I get behind this. I get behind this. So I'm thinking game one, basic Connor McDavid Jersey. I like your strategy. All righty. Well, with that, we are going to wrap this one up. Uh, be sure to tune in because I'm definitely going to be on the Twitterverse going banana lands. That is going to be at 
the rig underscore rats on Twitter. Also be sure to follow the hockey podcast network. That's going to be at hockey pod net on Twitter. Uh, they have a lot of other awesome content um, as you guys hear in the middle of these episodes um, as well as contests and giveaways and fun stuff like that. And as always, be sure to like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, uh, leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It helps out a great deal. And without further ado, game one, the playoffs tonight, baby. Let's go Oilers! Oilers! <laughs>